Good day and welcome to another episode of the International News Desk. Whether you're tuning in on snl24.com forward slash Sokoladuma, Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Play, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Ron Roberts, and I'm joined by the man himself, Mr. Kurt Buckerfield. How are you, my friend? Shawnee, I'm doing very well. How are you doing? I'm world class. How's the weekend? Oh, it was great. I had that wedding out in um, yes. Stellenbosch, and it was yes. an absolute joy. Yeah. Speech went well? Yeah, it went well. I was so nervous. It was the first time I've ever done something like that. So I was stressing. And I know that I can sort of, I knew I could handle myself, but yeah. um, no, it felt like. Uh, it felt like tunnel vision up there. I was just like... It's crazy, huh? It's weird how that happens, bro. And I mean, I know most of the people in the room. Um, yeah. But it's a stressful moment. But I thought I, I did okay and I got a lot of compliments. So I'm sure it went well. But uh, in my head, I was I was stressing. But um, yeah. I was told that <laughs> that wasn't picked up. So anyway. Happy, Brilliant. Happy, happy. Let's move into it, Cody, if I may. And without a doubt, the game of the season so far, in my opinion, Chelsea 4... Manchester City for <laughs> what a game, bro! I mean, it, it, it had everything. It's um, and I don't know if you saw at the end of the game um, the interview with Raheem Sterling and Cole Palmer. No, I didn't. Did oh, I mean, how these two are allowed on TV is beyond. Cole Palmer can't even put two bloody words together, uh, and Raheem Sterling just did not want to be there. It was so embarrassing. But anyway, <laughs> well, what do you think of the game? It was absolutely incredible. It was a cracking game. And I was, to be honest with you, Sean, I know you're a City fan, but I was so yeah. pleased that Chelsea took something from the game. Yeah. Um, I just didn't want to see like a, a sort of lead opened up this early, um, sure. this early into the season, you know. Look, look, deservedly so. I, and I Chelsea feel, were excellent. I, yeah, I, th- I feel a draw was, uh, it was a fair more than result. fair for it, City. Yeah. Absolutely. It was a fair result. I thought that both challenges in the box were probably penalties on, yeah. on Haaland and then on Broya. Um, so I thought it was a fair result, but yeah, probably the best game of the season. I would say actually definitely the best game of the season. Um, yeah. I thought that there were a few standout performances on Chelsea's side. I mean, City, there's no surprise when a City yes. player plays well, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just, it's just rhythm and routine at this point. But yeah. for, for some of Chelsea's players, and I know you've just touched on them, uh, them there, but Raheem Sterling, I thought was excellent. Brilliant. Um, I mean, I think there were like three nutmegs in there, which is yeah. quite unlike him, actually. I know that he can dribble and run with a ball, but he, na- he normally will beat a player with his pace and not with sort of pure skill. But I thought that he was so good on the ball. I thought that Cole Palmer was excellent. Um, I was, I had doubts about him uh, when City mm. sold him, and I thought that it was quite strange that Chelsea went in so high. I think it was around 45 million or something, 40 million. Um, yeah. When they signed him from City uh, in the transfer window at the start of the season, but he's he's playing really well. He looks really mature, and I guess mm-hmm. that's um, what you get when you you know train under Pep Guardiola for a couple of years, um, especially Absolutely. in your formative years. So no, I thought it was a great performance from Chelsea. I thought that Gallagher was also good for for Chelsea. Yes, um, defensively they were they were quite poor, um, but obviously that's just what City can do to you. But no. Definitely the game of the season. Um, yeah. Draw was a fair result. I, did you see Pochettino raging at the referee as he walked off after the game? That was quite. That was quite funny. What, what was that for? I think he was either annoyed at what he thought should have been a foul on Sterling in that sort of last minute of of added or extra time, 
Yeah. Or it was to do with the fact that Chelsea had won the ball and were on the break when the referee blew the final whistle. Yeah. So I think that he might have been frustrated um, because he thought that you know Chelsea were, were going to have another crack at it. Um, yeah. And he was shouting at the referee, book me, book me. And it, it was his way of acknowledging, yes, I know I'm going overboard right now. Give me the yellow yes. card. Um, but then he quickly apologized for his, for his behavior in his um, post-match interview. But no, it was a cracking game. Um, Chelsea definitely showing signs that they are improving. Yes, um, and that was my next question. Um, there's certainly a glimpse of a brighter future under Pochettino, right? Yes, it's still, you know what, it's a young squad, obviously apart from Thiago Silva, yeah. who's about 80. Um, it's a young squad, and I think that if they can play that, if they can get that revved up or amped up for any game in the Premier League, not just a, a game against, you know, the champions, yeah. I think they, they'll they do well. Um no, they, they looked excellent. They really did. And I thought that they, the way they moved the ball around, it was like Pochettino has been there for some years and this is their yeah. sort of identity. I thought it was thought it was incredible. I mean, I haven't seen United play like that once in two years of Tenag, you know what I mean? So yes, I thought it was yes. really good. Um, and yeah, I think Chelsea fans have something to be excited about, for sure. I'm very impressed by Sanchez, the keeper. He's I like him excellent. I mean, th- yeah. there was that yeah. one great save he made of, Haaland's efforts. I thought yeah. Haaland should have scored that, actually. I don't yeah. think the shot was, you know, um, as far into the corner as he would have wanted it. But, no, he's he's looking really good. He's looking yeah, really, really good. Thiago Silva, 39 years old and still scoring in the Premier League. It's, it's unbelievable. I know. It, it really is. Eh? I mean, he left PSG, what, I think three seasons ago now? Yeah. Or three years ago? Yeah. Um, and the reason they didn't want to extend his deal is because they thought that, you know, he was past it. Well, if you can perform like this in the Premier League, you can walk the French League. Um, so yeah. in hindsight, that's not looking like the smartest move. But anyway, top player, top professional. Yeah, 39 years old. I mean, it's it's incredible. Yeah, it is crazy. And just to end off, I guess, his chats about Cole Palmer again, 96-minute penalty against his old club. It doesn't get bigger than that, Cody. No, I mean, I was I was concerned. I thought that they should have given it to someone who Edison hasn't trained with, you know. Yeah, I was like, yeah. not Sterling, not Cole Palmer. But yeah. um, a penalty like that, I guess, keepers don't say very often. It was really good, very accurate. Um, and uh, by the way, I don't know if you've seen, but he's actually been called up to replace. Uh, there's a few players who've had to drop out of this latest England squad. Um, yeah. And Cole Palmer, he's been given the nod. And Sterling hasn't. Sterling hasn't wow. made, I think, the last three international teams. Well, he's been muck, hasn't he, apart from last weekend? I actually think that he's playing well this season. I think that, obviously, he hasn't played that well. Look, that was that was an incredible performance. But yeah. I do think that he should be still ahead of a few other players who get picked in that England team, um, especially if you're looking at his experience. I mean, he's one of the you know most capped players. He's only 28 years old. He was just yeah. he was their best player at the Euros, which was just a couple of years ago. Um, he was starting every game for England at the World Cup literally last year before, I, I don't know if you remember, his house got broken into back in yes. England. So he flew yes. back home and then flew back and he was named on the bench against France in the quarterfinal. Um, but he was considered one of their most important players. So I've, I've been quite surprised by the treatment there from Southgate. You know, mm. it, it seemed like he was someone who was going to start no matter what, like he was one of the first names on the team sheet. So mm. it's surprising to me. I think that like, someone like Jared Bowen, for example, he's a good player, of course, but wouldn't you rather have Raheem Sterling there? 
if if Raheem Sterling's been capped, I, I don't know, maybe 60 or 70 times. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Obviously, Bowen's having a hell of a He's good. He's a seasons. good player. Nothing against yeah. him. It's just, he's a good player. He's a, he's a good player, but Sterling has got so much experience. He's, he's yes. played in one of the, the best you know English teams we've ever seen at City. Yeah. Um, and I think that this season, you know, I know putting uh, this weekend's performance to the side, he's not been too bad. Um, yeah. And... Uh, yeah, it's a strange and, one. Anyway. And, and he has the ability to switch it up. You know I what mean, I mean? Like, like that yeah, change just, of pace, Sean, it's frightening. Yeah, Very few uh, yeah. players have that. Um, Correct. And, and as a defender, uh, you know, that I would bet that that is the last thing every defender would say they want to come up up, up against. Someone who is that fast um, and who can run with the ball. It's, it's frightening for defenders. So, um, yeah, it's surprising to me. But anyway, um, a great game and lovely stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Let's come back to African soil, if I may, Curti. Um, Our very own Pizzo Mosimani. I think a green light has been given for Kaiser Chiefs now to pursue Mosimani. Zamalek have made an announcement regarding Pizzo that they won't be offering him a contract or pursuing him. Uh, I honestly believe, though, to be fair, would Pizzo want to come back and would Kaiser Chiefs be able to afford him? Well, you see, I mean, I, I don't know about that. You know what I mean? I can't, it feels to me like this is the moment where I say, I can't comment on that because I don't know if Chiefs can afford him or not. And obviously, yeah. I'm an international journalist, but I do pay attention yeah. to these things. Mm. Um, and from what I've seen over the last couple of days is that Zamalek, um, you know, obviously one of the biggest teams in Egypt, um, they recently parted ways with their coach. They, they sacked their coach, I think it was, on the 5th of November. Um mm. And they've got a caretaker manager in at the moment. And they have been linked with, with Pizzo. But um, I read a report earlier this week saying that there was sort of divisions within the club over potentially hiring Pizzo. Mm. Um, so there were divisions within the club. A few people obviously admire the experience he has within African football, um, especially in Egypt, um, in continental competitions. But then a few of them were reportedly concerned that, you know, he's a former Al-Akhli manager. Of course, they are Zamalek's biggest rivals. So Mm. um, it doesn't look like it's something that they are going to proceed with. I'm Mm. not sure it was ever really close, um, but being Zamalek being one of the biggest teams on the African continent, Pizzo being arguably the most high-profile manager on the African continent, um, there was naturally going to be a link there. Um, But at this point, it looks like there is no real interest. And and one of their board members has now said twice that there's no truth to to the story. Um, And then, of course, now he's been linked with Chiefs um, and a couple of clubs in Saudi Arabia. I think unnamed clubs at this point. Um, So I'm not sure where Pizzo ends up. But, um, yeah, it's it's obviously an interesting one to watch. Yeah, look, I would... I'd be happy. I've got a great relationship with him. I'll be happy to see him back here, but I can't see him coming back here. Yeah, and you will know more than me. So, like, tell me yeah. about, like, I mean, he's he's definitely one of the the greatest African managers we have, right? Yeah, if not the, the and like, um, yeah, yeah and, and 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 he deserves, in my opinion, deserves a spot in Europe, uh, one of the bigger teams, and that might come. I don't think coming back to South African soil will do. I mean, look, Kaiser Chiefs is a great project. Uh, it's a massive club. Don't forget that, Curti. It is absolutely yes, huge. Pizzo understands this game backwards. I don't know how he would take defeat after defeats against Sundowns uh, each 
each time they play, which would happen for the first couple of seasons, in my opinion. Um, I guess you know. But isn't it so something? With, but isn't it something like that, Sean? That that Chiefs really need now. Obviously, the money and whether they can afford them—that's a, a different conversation. But isn't that something you think that that club needs, considering 100%. they've fallen so far? Um, from Grace over the last couple of years, they need someone who is serious. I mean, Pizzo 100%. is as serious as they get. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Chiefs have had nine coaches in nine years. I mean, that's just not good enough for any club around the world. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yes, absolutely. You know, uh, we thought Stuart Baxter was the one that didn't work out for the second time. Um, I would love Pizzo back at a club like like Chiefs. I would love a club to start pushing Sundowns uh, because the PSL is becoming a little bit monotonous at the moment. Um, the, uh, at the end of the day, Pizza would need an open checkbook to buy the players he wanted. Um, Pizza would come with a massive, massive wage ask, which I know Chiefs potentially could not afford. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I would love him back here, to be honest. Is it the right thing for his career? I'm not too sure. Uh, is it the right thing for Kaiser Chiefs? Absolutely. Um, can they afford him? I'm not too sure. But uh, I guess I guess time will tell. Yeah, time will tell, Sean. And and you you said now that you would love to see him in Europe. Would that be something? Would that be something Pitto is interested in? I mean, I think that's every player slash coach's dream, right? Yeah. Um, it just 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 depends on what level. I don't think you'd see him in a third division in Denmark. No, for of example. course not. Yeah. Um, but surely, in my opinion, he's he's good enough. He's, of course, uh, the, of course. Yeah. The way with players, the way he has with certain players is. Uh, yeah, it's something to to really admire. So fingers crossed that does happen. And yeah, let's see what happens in the Saudi league as well. Is that again, is that the right move for him financially, potentially? Yes. Um, yeah, it's it's a tough one. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough it's one. A but tough he's just got so much authority, doesn't he, Pitta? Like he's just, you, just in pictures that we use on our website and stuff, there's just this aura about him. Um, yeah, he's cool, man. He's a... He's a when he speaks, you listen. Yes, you know what I mean. Exactly. He's like a he's like a Patrice. You know, when he speaks, you listen. He's got that sort of aura about him. You're 100 right. Yeah. But let's stay on the African soil, Curti. Again, please, my friend. The African <laughs> Football League. Um, Mamelodi Sundowns are champions. Shalulile and Aubrey Madiba scored as Sundowns of South Africa beat Wydad Casablanca of Morocco 2-0 in Pretoria on Sunday to win the inaugural Africa Football League. Sundowns won the. The two-leg final, three-two, an aggregate to claim their first African trophy since lifting the cap, the CAF Super Cup, six years ago. I can't believe that was six years ago. Uh, incredible stuff, Kurt. Incredible stuff for South African football. Um, instead of incredible stuff for Rolani and his team and the whole the whole team behind him. Um, this is this is massive. It's it's. I don't yeah. think enough is being said about it to be honest, but um, it is massive. It's big for South African football. I hope it. Changes South African football fundamentally. Um, Shadow Leader should be playing in Europe, in my opinion. Uh, Modiba is a very good player. It's it's uh, Sundowns are actually very very cool to watch. You probably don't watch them, uh, Kurti, which is fine. But uh, they're playing some really really good football. And no no no, I've I've watched uh, quite a few Sundowns games over the last couple of years, Sean. If there's any South African team that I would prefer to watch, it's definitely them. Um, yeah. And it's because of the style of football. And I think Rulani Mukwena said after the game that uh, Infantino was very complimentary of uh, of the way they played. Um, wow. He said that your team play an excellent um, brand of football or something like that. Um, yeah. Infantino, obviously the FIFA president. Um, so, no, look, I think the reason it's probably not being spoken about as much just yet is because it's a new competition. Yeah. Um, so the profile... 
of the tournament is not quite on the level of you know a CAF Champions League just yet or, or something sure. like that. So it'll it'll take time, but it seems like it, the, the competition was a success. We had a lot of interest on our website in the African Football League. Um, mm. People seem to enjoy the content, and obviously it helped that Sundowns went all the way. Um, yeah. But yeah, I caught the final minutes of the the second leg um, at at Loftus, and <laughs> I don't know, did you catch any of it, Sean? But there was there was a really funny moment in extra time. So Sundowns are two 0 up. Um, there's nine minutes added on, and it was just all about wasting time at that point. Yeah. <laughs> um, and three players got booked within about four or five minutes because there was simply a refusal to take a free kick that they had. So a player yeah. would stand on the ball. Um, he would take his time. The referee would come over, give him a yellow card. He would then move. Another player would replace him as free kick taker. And yeah. that happened, I think, three or four times. Um, and where Dad's players were getting so f***ing angry. And I'm sure. I, I think their coach after the game said that he wasn't too pleased with those kinds of tactics. But look, you can't... Uh, you can't say that he probably wouldn't have been uh, urging his team to do the same if he were in that position. But, you know, at, at that point, it's all about winning, man. Like, uh, yeah. you've got to put yourself, um, you, you know, it's it's all about winning. I think Rolani was was actually, I, I'm sure I, I read his lips on the sidelines and he was saying, just play, boys, just play. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But they were, they were adamant that they were running that clock down. And um, look, they were well within their rights. The ref was obviously well within his rights to book them. Sure. Um, and that's just that's just a part of the game. But um, yeah, it's great for Sundowns to win it. It's quite yeah. strange to me, Sean, and I, I spoke about it with a few colleagues, but it's so weird that, you know, Patrice is the president of, of CAF yeah. and the competition that he and Infantino sort of come up with is won by a team that he sort of owns, right? Yeah, well, he's he's theoretically not involved with Sundowns anymore. It's, so, okay, okay. Yeah. So, so, so it's he, his son's sort of yeah. owner now, right? So, so Kloppi Motsepe is the, the CEO. Okay. Um, I, I don't know where that leaves uh, Patrice, but um, I, I, yeah, theoretically he's not involved. Okay. How involved okay. he is, I'm not too sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, that would just be a complete you know, cross-pollination of interests, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I just always thought that who was I talking to? I think it was maybe even on Twitter um, a year or two ago. But it just, I just, I remember saying that it felt strange that um, one of the biggest teams on the African continent is owned by the, Afri- the, the, the president of African football. Um, yeah. And they were, I can't remember. And a few people said to me that Patrice is still involved. So it's interesting to hear that he isn't technically involved anymore. I suppose yeah. he couldn't be. Um, but there will always be that relationship and obviously connection, obviously. Yeah, and, and, and spare a thought for the Sundowns players. Obviously, 75 million rand richer and uh, Patrice would have doubled that. So whatever the players win, he would have put another 75 more. So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. Credit to Rulani and his team. Uh, credit to Rulani to signing, in my opinion, one of the best keepers this country's ever seen in Ronan, Ronan mm. Williams. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, Mr. Consistent, I call him. So, well done, guys. Absolutely fantastic. Let's move on back to the European soil, if I may. Kurt the dirt. Um, let's go to your team. Let's go to sunny Manchester. Let's chat about uh, the incoming United owner, Sir Jimmy Radcliffe. You know, what's the latest on that? Apparently, he's been chatting, or he will speak to Eric Ting Hag about Jaden Sancho if he, when this does happen. 
Um, yeah, what's the latest? All, all I know is that it's close to sealing a 1.3 billion pound deal uh, to buy, I think it is 25% stake. Mm. And um, yeah, what's happening? Yeah, the latest is that it's it's supposedly imminent. Apparently, mm. this deal will be happening soon and there will be an, an announcement soon. Um, and that Sir Jim Radcliffe will sort of assume uh, control over footballing matters. Yeah. Um, which I think a lot of Manchester United fans probably want at this point. And look, obviously, he'll appoint the right people to make those decisions for him. Um, he's not going to be in charge of recruitment himself. But yeah. um, I think that he will look to work very closely with Ten Hag, find out what he wants, find out which players he might feel could be sold or should leave the club. And I'm sure that Jaden Sancho is right at the top of that list because we are yeah. two months into this dispute and there's still been no apology, no letting up on either side, um, wow. which is just insane to me, by the way. I, you know, I don't want to go on a tangent here, but I just find that, I find it incredible. I mean, there, there must be something we don't know about the story. But anyway, um, so it looks like that that is imminent. But then there was a new report, actually, that I read on Wednesday morning, Sean, saying that there is an American billionaire by the name of Leon Cooper a Cooperman, rather, who has uh, purchased one million shares in Manchester United, um, and that he is expected to work closely with Sir Jim Ratcliffe, and that's that was in a report by Bloomberg, um, mm. which you know, very high-profile publication. Um, so, yeah, it looks like change is is imminent at Manchester United. It looks like things are happening. Um, which will please a lot of Manchester United fans. Mm. There was a little, or well, some uproar on, online. I saw that, you know, the Glazers didn't attend Bobby Charlton, Sir Bobby Charlton's funeral this week. Um, and apparently they didn't want to, you know, be a distraction at this funeral. Um, and I think that that's a sign that they are slowly but surely on the way out. I think that yeah. if they had um, the intention to, to stay at Manchester United and back themselves uh, over a, a long period... Um, they would have been there because they might have felt like there's no need for us. Or like, why wouldn't we be here? You know, we're Manchester United's owners and this is a Manchester United legend. So sure. I do feel like, um, yeah, something something's happening there. Um, whether that's the Glazers being open to a full sale at some point soon, I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. I do think that we're going to be seeing some structural changes that, in my opinion, will improve the football uh, the footballing side of things. Um which, at the end of the day, is all Manchester United fans care about. Yeah, and I mean, let's just touch base on Sancho. Sancho. I mean, so he's being isolated. He's earning a million pounds a month, right? Two hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. pounds a week, which obviously doesn't make business sense. So you'd, you'd think Ratcliffe would come in and either get rid of him or bring him back in, right? Yeah. So I actually read that he. he I, again, I'm not sure how true this is, but I read that he is looking to end that dispute as a sort of priority after coming in. Um, But at the end of the day, he can't undermine his manager, um, or at least that would be a bad move. So I don't, I don't see, I don't see Sancho coming back into the team. I would be really, really surprised if he did. Um, Fabrizio Romano reported earlier this week that Juventus have actually inquired um, about Jaden Sancho's availability. Um, mm-hmm. They were interested in a potential loan. Um, at this point, Manchester United would apparently prefer a full sale, um, which yeah. which obviously makes sense. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's still yeah, his future still up in the air. But I I do just find it incredible that it's it's been two months and there's been no resolution to this, and uh, mm. it, it's not a good look on on the club's part. It's not a good look on Sancho's part. Um, I'm starting to wonder if Ten Hag has done something seriously wrong behind the scenes that we don't know about. Um, for Sancho still not to be willing to apologize. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting one, but I do think that United should be looking to get rid of him at the next available opportunity. Um, I think it's very important for for squad harmony that everybody's yeah. on the same page. Um, sure. Everyone needs to buy in. And if there's someone yeah. who's upsetting the, the dressing room or, yeah, they, they, they've got to go, unfortunately. No matter how talented they are, they got to go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as a diehard United fan, Radcliffe coming in, what's your what's your gut feel? I think it's I think it's good. I think that a lot of United fans would prefer a full sale, which is totally understandable. So would mm-hmm. I. But I do think that um, the Glazers being open to investment, I think, shows that they're going to be open to to selling um, completely at some point soon. So yeah. I think that Sir Jim Radcliffe. That's always been his intention, is to to become the majority stakeholder. Um, yeah. And I think that's still going to happen at some point. Um, mm. It's probably smart of him to to just meet the Glazers where they want to be met at this point, which is at 25%. Yeah. Um, and then slowly but surely, um, be, you know, uh, gain more control of the club and um, become, become the sole owner. I think it's something that's going to happen at some point soon. Um, yeah. And that United fans just need to be patient. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for unpacking that, Kurt. Right, moving on to my favorite part of the podcast, our producer, Aidan Hewitt, unpacks social media and ask Kurt and myself an opinion, I would say. Aidan. Kurt, Sean, welcome back to Seeking the Socials. Uh, it's not an opinion this week, spoiler alert, but uh, we'll get to that. For those of you who don't know what Seeking the Socials is, it is a segment where I scour social media to find the most interesting, topical, and controversial opinions or questions relating to football that I've managed to find over the last week. Some weeks I inform the lads of a topic, and other times I get the gents to pick a topic by choosing a social media platform. As we are heading into yet another international break, I thought we could have some fun with this one. It is a hypothetical question, which I found on Twitter, or as Sean corrected me last week, X. Um, So yeah, if you guys are ready, I'm happy to kick things off. Please. World class. If you could manage a -a five-a-side team and you had the power to bring in any five players, past or present, who would they be and why? If you guys would like, we can do five outfield plays and one goalie or four outfield and, and one keeper. The, the, the call is yours. Whew, um, oh, we've got to, we've got to, Coach, we've got to do a keeper, I guess. No, we've got to put in a goalkeeper in sort of a show of respect to Sean Roberts. Thank you. <laughs> or just or just world football, I guess. Um, so, yeah, that's a biggie, hey? I mean, okay, Buffon. Why? I just think he was, I think I started studying him far too late in my career, actually, to be honest. And when I started studying him, my game fundamentally changed. So it's a very selfish um, decision. There's possibly better keepers out there, or like a Dino Zoff or a, possibly a Schmeichel or Peter Shilton. But I think uh, for me, um, Buffon was just absolutely 
next level. And I wish I studied him because uh, his game suited me, you know. Mm. Um, so a bit of a selfish one there, but Kurt, maybe there's uh, a different opinion from your side in the goalkeeping. I would I would go Manuel Neuer. Mm. Wow. Oh, strictly a five-a-side decision because of the way he saves? Five-a-side because it, because he, he's a great shot stopper, but he, he can is. also play with the ball at his feet. Yeah. I think that he sort of... I know that there's been a history of sweeper-keeper, so I'm not claiming by any chance, uh, by, by any means that he sort of invented the position. But I think when I think back of, uh, on the last maybe 10, 15 years... Um, I I can't I can't think of a better goalkeeper than than Manuel Neuer. I think he was so good, and I know that he is still going. I think he's he's back in the Bayern squad now. Actually, um, he's just recovered from an injury, but I think he was so good, so much personality, yeah. um, so much bravery, an incredible shot stopper. Yeah. Um, whether that's a shot coming from outside the box or from the penalty spot or from you know a meter out, he's just got great reflexes. Um, but then also uh, just plays outside of his box, um, a, a traditional proper, proper sweeper keeper. Yeah. Um, I love him. Yeah, I love Manuel Neuer. I, I wish that I could have seen more of him. Uh, he plays in the Bundesliga, which obviously doesn't air yet. Yeah. Um, but in big moments in, in Champions League games for Germany, he was just, I thought he was just incredible. Um, so probably my personal favorite goalkeeper of the last, yeah, like I said, 10, 15 years. I think I tend to agree in terms of the five-a-side team, right? That's it, right? Yeah. So I'm picking him for the team, Sean. Hey, bro. Uh, is Buffon going to be able to play play with the ball? Because his background, I don't know if you know, is he comes from a handball background. and I, don't know I didn't know he, that, actually, yeah. no. So if you see how he spreads his body, that's exactly how goalkeepers do it in handball, and I'm sure five-a-side well, football. That's, so. that's what I've got him down for, for, uh, for that well, exact reason. Mm. And look how strong his hands are. Yeah, no, he's he's a beast. Good decision, guys. I Thank was you. wrong. You were right. Defensively, I get how we're gonna do this. Are we gonna do like a one, two, two, or what? I'm gonna have one defender. One defender. one defender. Yeah. Okay. Who we go for? John Terry. This, this is a difficult one. I mean, that wouldn't be a bad shout, of course. Um, as much as I can't stand him, he was absolutely phenomenal, wasn't he? He was. He was very. He was incredible. So yeah. I mean, so was Rio Ferdinand with a ball as well yeah. defensively. Um, I mean, Van Dijk is also incredible. I know yeah. that he had like maybe two years where he was the best defender in the world, um, yeah. but he was so good when he was that good. Yeah. And I think that he's still there. Um, Liverpool just haven't been as dominant as they were during that time. Sure. Um, or at least as competitive. With, with Manchester City because yes. I think they only won one Premier League. But he sort of, I think that he changed Liverpool's fortunes after he joined them in 2018. Yeah. I think that he was the catalyst for everything good at Liverpool. Um, and I think that he ultimately got them over the line when it was in the Champions League, mm. uh, in the Premier League. Yeah, I think Van Dijk's incredible. I'd probably go with him. Um, he's a he's a personal favourite. He's, he's excellent with the ball at his feet too. Yeah. Um, He's tall, but he's fast. I think that he's, he's a an all-round, he's a very complete centre-back. Um, so, yeah, I would I would go with Van Dijk. Okay. Goody, goody, goody. Are we, we going to go one midfielder, two strikers? Or two midfielders, one striker? I think two midfielders and a striker. Okay. Xavi? Yeah. 
Mm. Okay, fair enough. I would go with Iniesta, but I but there's no real. Well, I was gonna go like <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, they're basically yeah. the same person, so yeah, that's fine. Um, Are we so we said two midfielders and a striker? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I would go with. Uh, yeah, personally, I would go Iniesta, but Xavi's an excellent pick. You can't really separate the two. But should we go, I, should I we go with both then? I guess we could, but no. But so this is what I would do. So we would have, I would have Neuer, Van Dijk. I would have Iniesta, and then I would have Messi next to him because yeah. Messi can play in a deeper sure. sort of just roam. Sure. Um, and then Pele, our friend. <laughs> yeah, because I watched a lot of Pele. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I, 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 striker. I mean, that's a difficult one. You know what would be quite, I, I reckon, a nightmare to play against in a five-a-side is Luis Suarez. Oh, my God. Because he can just get through any little gap. And just eat you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... And that. He yeah, might I mean, you, yeah. You, th- you think, yeah, but you've got to, like, like seriously, like a, a Maradona, if you think about it. Yeah. No sense of gravity. You would probably go with Maradona and Messi then, right? In the same team, because they're both just probably sure. two of the greatest footballers of all time. So yeah. why wouldn't you just have them in there? And they're Instead of like a, an out-and-out striker, because they can both finish. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't know, Sean, I don't, if you, if you no, disagree with me. No, no, you, you, you're the expert on the international stuff, and I, I like it. Are we not like giving it. Ronaldo a look in, Cristiano? Yeah, I mean, Johan Cruyff, I don't know. Jeez. There's, I mean, there's so many. It's so difficult. Neymar is is the sort of epitome of a fives player. Yes. With the skills and tricks and flicks. Yes. Um, no, it's a good, it's a good question, Aiden. It's a good question. But I would have, I would, I would look to have footballers in there. More yeah. footballers than sort of natural finishers or yeah. or anything like that. So I would have Iniesta, Messi, and Maradona. Um, yeah, agreed. And then Van Dijk. I bet, yeah. It's it's debatable, I guess. Aiden, your side happy with that? Yeah, some 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 interesting picks. I, I echo some of them. Uh, in goal, I would I would have Neuer, just purely based on his ability to get low down extremely quickly. The fives goal isn't massive, so you don't need to be standing mm. upright at all times. Defender, I've gone for Vidic. Um, okay. The reason being is because he was a total nutcase, and like. <laughs> You just want a bit of drama, really. Yeah, a bit of excitement and, and aggression. No, he, he's incredibly like frightening to 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 play against. Like mm. he he would be the guy that would run twenty meters and dive headfirst into your feet to get the ball. Like I'm not saying he would do that on a fives pitch, but the the pure aggression and the confidence at the back. It's but he cool. might. You're not saying that he yeah, wouldn't no, either. He might. You know what I mean? Could happen. <laughs> he, he no may one's really gonna do it and, and then get a red card. You know? But hey, who, who's who's even counting? Yeah. yeah. Um. Midfield, I, I have gone for Iniesta, Xavi Iniesta, same guy. Um, purely based on on their ability to to thread the ball through the eye of it. Um, my second choice would be Perlo for that reason as well. Mm. Um, I also like the fact that Perlo and Iniesta, I mean, yes, they were very attacking at times, but they were also pretty good at helping out in defense. So if if we're playing against, you know, Sean Roberts up front, they could always drop back down a bit and, and help out. That's it. And then, Huge compliment to you, Sean. You need yeah. Perlo and Iniesta on your <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, and up front, this may be a slight rogue pick, but I've I've gone for, for Wayne Rooney, 
right? Ah, I mean, that's a great pick. Yeah, it's a good pick. He he doesn't eat people like Suarez, so that's always a plus. <laughs> but also, like he does he, eat though, as we uh, said. Uh, yeah. <laughs> No, he's he's not looking too great at the moment. Um, yeah. He was just very aggressive. I I mean, I, I played five-a-side once upon a time in my life, um, and the teams that would always beat us were... Did you, though? I did. I did, Sean, actually. And uh, I was goalkeeper because I do not enjoy cardiovascular activity. So I thought, sure. let me not run. Let me just plonk, you know? Sure. Um, yeah, Rooney, for me greatest striker of all time in in the premier league at, at, at the least but but his aggression was was fantastic and and his runs and he was also a midfielder at times like he would drop back too so some rogue picks i, I tend to do that often um the thing is there's so many players to select from well, you can only choose five so i don't think any of those are necessarily rogue i just think that for me you want players if you're playing fives you, ideally, you want players who just don't lose the ball. Yeah. And I think Maradona, Messi, Iniesta, at times, you could just never get the ball off them. They, sure. they never lost the ball. Um, sure. I mean, especially Iniesta. Messi would... I mean, in, 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 his, uh, in his 30s, now he's probably not as, as good a dribbler as he once was. But at his pump, also, just never gave the ball away. You could not get it off him. He could worm through any fucking gap hole... Um, Iniesta is exactly the same. And also you don't need height in fives. None of those guys are tall, but you don't need height because yeah. you aren't putting crosses in. So yeah. you need ball players, Oaks with very good close control. Great. Oh, you're right. Crosses. Van Dijk's not tall. You're right. <laughs> no, but he, I mean, <laughs> he's, he's tall, but he's also a very good footballer. He's a great footballer. I can't really think of a, a center back who isn't beyond the average height. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. Like, like maybe Cannavaro, but yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He had a good World Cup in 2006 and won the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Aiden, are you happy? I'm happy, Sean. Kurt, thank you so much. We will see you again next week. Excellent. Thank you, Aiden. Thank you, Cody, as usual. And that is how we wrap up this episode of the International News Desk. So, whether you have been listening on SNL24.com forward slash Soccer Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. As always, thank you for tuning in. I've been your host, Sean Robertson. Of course, Kurt, the dirt. Buckerfield, thank you, my friend. Thank you very much, Sean.